The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on a gorgeous day once again here in the Auburn Opelika area. It is Friday. That means game day is tomorrow. We've got so much to talk about here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. My name is Jacob Goetz with you here for the next two hours on ESPN 1067. For those of you that were listening, I'm Doug. Just wrapped up uh, the Max Roundtable live here in Auburn from the Auburn Max Credit Union location. I went and joined him uh, at the start of his show back at 11 o'clock and hopped on for about 25-30 minutes or so. And we talked a little football, college, high school, uh, talked the Auburn-Georgia rivalry, so had a lot of fun doing that. And hopefully you went out and checked out Doug over at the Max Credit Union. They had all sorts of stuff set up out there, uh, tents and cornhole and food and giveaways. I mean, it was it was a whole setup they had over there on the Max Credit Union location on Gay Street. So I uh, appreciate Doug. Doug having me on and having me out there and uh, uh, they do a wonderful job there with the Max Roundtable and with Max Credit Union but um, lots to talk about today it's a Friday which means we've got Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports coming up in just a few minutes we're going to start the show with him Uh, we've got my weekly interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante in case you missed that on Wednesday uh, when they aired it originally on the drive which is every Wednesday at 5 30 I do the interview and they play it on their show Um, since Auburn has practice in the afternoons they're unable to join live so I interview them they play it live on their show and then I play it on Friday. So that interview is coming up later on in this hour in case you missed it. Then in hour number two, it's Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett who will join me for On the Line Fridays brought to you by our friends at Sensa Green Heating and Air. That's coming up in hour number two here on ESPN 106.7. We are inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. A reminder this weekend with it being Georgia weekend, lots of places to go, but no place better than the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge. It's your Tiger pregame destination for all fans whether we got some Georgia fans coming into town and you happen to scroll across our lovely ESPN 106.7 station go check out the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge um, it is home of the original Warburger they also offer an easy and exciting menu to go along with fantastic drink specials they've got the Plaza Patio outside um, it's just an awesome place to be so off of 800 Main Street in Midtown just off of Opelika Road be sure you go and check them out so um, that's the place to be this weekend before you really get into all your pregame festivities and get over to the stadium. Go check out the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge. But as we have been doing over the last few Fridays, excited to welcome in a good friend of mine who 
is on a hot streak, ladies and gentlemen. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com is 32-15 and 15 on his picks so far this season. If you're not involved with him now, you need to jump on the train if you're into that sort of thing because this guy's on a roll as we get into week five of college football. Lee, happy Friday, man. Always great to have you on the show. Hope all is well. It is. Uh, when you're winning, it's a lot of fun. So everything is very good in south florida and i know you guys got to be looking forward to a real big game this weekend yeah yeah the the town is already getting busier and busier by the minute uh traffic picks up it's starting pretty much thursday afternoon and rolls all the way through sunday morning and so that's one of the games we're going to talk about if you're new here and you haven't joined us when uh, lee sterling is on the show he is with paramount sports again in paramountsports.com uh, giving you the best picks in the betting lines for the weekend coming up he does college nfl does all sorts of other sports we focus on college here and especially the sec and a weekend that is really really good in the southeast conference 32 and 15 so far you were three one and one last week uh you guys have got your uh, annual october promotion going on um it's five weeks of service through your site through halloween uh for only 347 dollars so be sure you guys are going and checking that out and man like i mentioned what a great weekend of football it is in the southeastern conference couldn't be much better and I mean, if anything just matches up to last weekend, the top two games, that Florida State-Clemson game and the Ohio State-Notre Dame, if we get two of those the entire weekend, uh, we're going to be happy. So I have a feeling we're going to see another incredible weekend. And, uh, you know, you never can tell. I mean, <laughs> the games – I mean – no one thought either of those games was going to end like that. Right, right, and that's what that's what makes college football so fantastic. And so, Lee, uh, what what games do you have on on your board? Which games are you wanting to talk about? And and what's your picks on some of these big ones around the Southeastern Conference? Okay, so let's first start with the Texas A and M game against Arkansas. So, if you watched the Texas A and M game last year, last weekend, you're saying, "Wow!" I mean. They played extremely well. They controlled the line of scrimmage in that game. Max Johnson comes in and might be the best backup quarterback in the country, their defensive line. I think they can neutralize the Hogs' offense here. So uh, two tough losses for Arkansas. That 0-17 wind up in that game against BYU and then losing last week on that field goal uh, with five seconds left. I think Bobby Petrino opens up the playbook here. I just just think A&M is just a cut above talent-wise. Uh, Arkansas, I like them 34-24. Yeah, A&M and Arkansas, always an interesting game. Weird things happen when these two teams get together uh, there at Jerry's World and should be another interesting game on Saturday, Texas A&M and Arkansas. How about the Kentucky Wildcats going for their third straight win over the Florida Gators, favored by just one. It's a borderline pick on this game. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, so... Kentucky is just like Florida, one of these teams. This, the offense is nothing special. Both teams have transfer quarterbacks. Kentucky's quarterback, I think Devin Leary, has a little bit better pedigree, better pure passer than Graham Mertz here. I think it might also come down to defense. And Florida's defense, only one takeaway the entire year. Kentucky's eight. So. Florida might have the better better talent here, but 
they've only played one good half this season, and I have trouble backing a team that can't put together one full good game. And also, this game is on the road, and and Florida does not look like even close to the same team on the road. So, uh, Kentucky seven and two against the spread in the last nine games that they played, uh, favorite there and. I think home field has to matter for something. I like Kentucky. This is going to be a close game, though, 24-20. Yeah, I think that one should be a lot of fun there uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, and Florida going to, ba- going to battle. And again, Kentucky going for their third straight win over Florida, just something that has not happened in a long, long time. To keep it in that side of the SEC in the East, really an underrated game here. Tennessee in South Carolina. Tennessee catching 12 here against the Gamecocks, but Spencer Rattler seems to be one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, no surprise there. Uh what are what are your some of your notes going into this one? Yeah, uh, Tennessee they look good finally. They put it all together in the first half. They were up 31 to nothing. And I think they're going to continue to play well, especially this game. I think this is a circle game for them. I think when they lost 63-38, they said, "Wow." This is a game we want. They were, you know, they were shell shocked. Their their quarterback gets hurt, literally the first series of the game, and they just could never recover. South Carolina, I think their problem is they just don't have the numbers and the depth. They'll play you tough for a while. They just don't have really any guys that can contribute off the bench, as far as the offensive line, defensive line, or linebacking position here. I think they can be thrown on South Carolina. Um, that pass defense, I think they're going to wear down, and then Tennessee will hit some big plays using play action. Uh, I like Tennessee. 37-23, they pull away late. It'd be a good win for yep. Tennessee to get to 4-1 and one this year, to get a win in the SEC. South Carolina, as good as that team is, that would make them 2-3 and three on the season and doesn't look to get any better with Florida, Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Clemson all on the schedule later on, Lee. It's a tough, it's a tough sled for South Carolina in 2023. Yeah. Uh, maybe losing that game against North Carolina might have, you know, been kind of their bugaboo. If they win that game, you know, they have a really good season, but that was kind of telling to, to the season. Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com, and the co-host of the Locked on Bets podcast joining me as we get underway here on the Friday edition of On the Line, looking at some of the biggest games around the Southeastern Conference, uh, looking at the betting lines, how they've adjusted. Let me ask you that before we pick a few more games, Lee. Any big movements this week in the SEC or in some other big games in college football that has caught your eye on the lines moving before we get to Saturday? The only one, you know, in the SEC was Kentucky. The line started at like three, three and a half, and it's now sitting at one, and it might go to pick them. So that was the only big surprise. I do think that Georgia is going to end up moving up closer to game time. So if you like Georgia, that might be uh, a game you want to get on now. If you like Auburn, wait. I think it's going to go up. Is it? I feel like not to get ahead of ourselves in that Auburn-Georgia game, but in a game where one team is – a heavy favorite they're supposed to win and the line seems a little iffy throughout the week a lot of the and correct me if I'm wrong here Lee a lot of big money likes to jump on it late and then they get what they want and they go on the team that they've been thinking about all week is that sort of how that goes down yeah you, you got to be patient I mean there's some times Jacob I got to be honest with you I like a side and let's say it's a favorite and, and especially like in the NFL 
and I'm waiting all week. And once in a while, it'll it, let's say they're a three and a half point favorite, it'll come down to three right before game time. I jump on it, but there's a lot of times I like a game and it doesn't get to the optimal number. I just take it off. Better better to lay off than bet bad numbers. Yeah, better safe than sorry, I think, when you're trying to bet on uh, some different football games. So looking at a couple of more games in the SEC, Lee, Alabama coming off of a win over Ole Miss that not many people said they were going to get. They take a road trip to Stark Vegas with the Cowbells taking on Mississippi State. Alabama, uh, 14-point favorite, two touchdowns on the road, 8 o'clock kick. This is a weird game to me, man. What's on? What's uh, what's your What's your pick here? Yeah, it is kind of a weird game. You know, Alabama, I think, yeah, most people thought was that was the time last week they might go down, and their defense played well. Uh, I think also Ole Miss just, I think there's maybe too much pressure on them. So now they got to go to Mississippi State. Now Mississippi State's playing with house money. they got nothing to lose here. Do I think their defense is great? No. But they did play better in the second half last week. I don't think Alabama's offense is that good. I, I really don't here. And Mississippi State finally got smart. They decided we're not a running team. We are a passing team. They threw for 487 yards last week, almost pulling off the upset against South Carolina. And my power ratings, and it's important to adjust your power ratings, stay true to your right ratings here, where Mississippi State's getting three points at home. I got – Alabama's like an eight-and-a-half to nine-point favorite, not 14-and-a-half here. I'm going to take the points here on the Bulldogs here. I think they've got a chance to stay in it. I think Alabama wins 31-23, but Mississippi State covers. Wow, that'd be, yep. a, that'd be a big opportunity for, for Mississippi State if they could hang around and, and somehow get a win for head coach Zach Arnett. Look, I've been on the Bulldogs this season. They've yet to show me why I'm on them, but – I keep trying to uh, to hype them up a little bit, and maybe they can hang around there at home against Alabama tomorrow night late over in Starkville. And then, of course, lead the game that everybody here in Auburn is concerned about, the one that everybody is ready to have kick off at 2.30 tomorrow in Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs' first road trip of the season. And not just any road trip, it's to the hostile environment of Jordan-Hare Stadium to take on an Auburn team that just cannot figure it out offensively. What is your what is your thought process on a really, really tricky game I feel like to pick? Yeah, you know, if I mentioned if you watched the game last week, you know that the final score, 27-10, was not indicative of how much A&M dominated the line of scrimmage. That fumble return for a touchdown changed the game, and you know, if they end up getting a score there, the game could have been different, but uh, couldn't come up with that one key play to at least get a field goal or a touchdown on that drive. And probably if you were just watching the game, the score should have been probably 34-3, to 34-6. So I think we are all just waiting for Georgia to explode. Do I think they're as good as the last two years? No. I think the key guy, watch the status of Lad McConkey. If he doesn't play, I think Auburn has a chance to maybe keep it under the number. He always seems to get wide open here. I'm hearing there's a chance he ends up playing, and I just think the fact remains you Freeze, really good play caller, doesn't have the weapons to compete at this level right now. I like Georgia. I think they pull away late, 35-13. Mm. 
35-13 dogs. Well, there's a lot of people here that are hopeful that uh, hopeful that score prediction is incorrect, but I think reality is sort of setting in as well. One more question before I let you plug sure. everything you got. Do you take into consideration as it is a big rivalry game like this? I mean, does that affect you at all when you're picking games and and picking and Uh-oh. and choosing the spread and all that? I mean, how much does oh, that affect absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's important. You know, these kids, they know each other. Uh, if you played sports, whether it's on a high school or a college level, you know, when you, you know, I remember high school and college, you're playing a team that you know that you're going to win the game by three, four, five touchdowns. You don't prepare the same way. You know, there's not that focus. I mean, uh, but when you're playing kids that you know, friends, people you've competed against, you know, it's just a different level, and we've seen some of the craziest games, you know, Auburn-Alabama, Auburn-Georgia. So, um, you know, anything can happen. The key is for Auburn, they got to do something early. They, they can't fall behind by double digits. They fall behind by double digits. Good night, Irene. Yep, I'm 100% with you. We'll see what happens. Auburn and Georgia tomorrow at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. He joins us every Friday to start off the show here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Man, you're on a roll. You're 32-15 so far this season, 3-1-1 overall last week. Tell everybody where they can find you. Find all your stuff because people can start winning a little bit with you, man. You're on a roll. Yeah, we've had an incredible year, 33-15 and 15 so far on the football. You know, it, it, we have a special for the month, but I, I'd really like to stress, if you've never been with me before, I have a game tonight, and this is the first time I've ever sold a standalone one game in the history of my company, 30 years. So I know there's a lot of people out there that would love to try it, and I rate my games from 10 to 50 units. Very rarely do I have something more than 30 units. I had the second biggest game of the year this year that we're releasing. It's a 35-unit selection in college football. We have not lost a game so far this year. We've hit all four 35-unit or higher selections. So if you want to come on board, $10. That's right. I have a college football blowout special, best bet, $10. Try it. I think you'll be happy with the result. And then hopefully we win the game, and then you want to come forward and – and join us for what we call not October, we call it Locktober. There you four go. Four weeks for three forty-seven with coupon code Save One Hundred or the season or baseball. So give me a shot tonight. Ten bucks gets you my college football best bet. Uh, doesn't start for a few hours. Get on it now. One place. ParamountSports.com. Go check it out, ParamountSports.com. Lee, as always, man, it's great to talk to you. Uh, you're, you're the best in the business when it comes to this type of stuff, and I really, really do appreciate you and your time, and uh, good luck this weekend. Thanks so much, Jacob. Enjoy the games, and uh, be safe. Will do. That is Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. Go check it out. $10 special tonight on a game uh, that he is extremely confident in. Go check it out. Go find it uh, at Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. Again, 33-15 and 15 now on the season. That's a great winning record when it comes to betting and picking these sports, especially with the lines themselves. So go check it out. Lee Sterling at ParamountSports.com. When we come back, we'll 
start looking at some of the biggest games in college football this weekend. What games are you watching? What's on your mind? Talk to me on a Friday afternoon. We'd love to hear from you on the phone lines for the next few minutes. 334-321-1390. What are your picks for Auburn, Georgia as well? We'll talk about all that when we come back. Then my interview with Eugene Asante, Auburn linebacker. All that coming up here in hour number one on the Friday edition of On the Line. On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Big thanks to Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. He joins me every Friday to start the show, giving you his best picks of the weekend uh, in college football, especially in the SEC. And so uh, go check him out. He's got, what, a $10 uh, special going on tonight for uh, a big, big game that he is extremely confident in. So go check him out. $10 can't hardly beat that. That's about a cheeseburger nowadays. And so go check it out and then if you're interested in more you can check it all out at paramountsports.com got a few more minutes before we get to uh, my interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante that was earlier this week uh, recapping the Auburn Texas A&M game previewing the Auburn Georgia game uh, what the Auburn Georgia rivalry really what he has learned about the Auburn Georgia rivalry because he was on the team last year but he didn't participate in this game and so uh, I talked about with him what he's learned also we did talk about the play where he was running down the sideline and Jimbo Fisher almost got in his way we talked about that don't you worry so you definitely want to catch that if you haven't already Uh, that's coming up in the next few minutes my interview with Eugene Asante Got a few more minutes before we get to that, and would love to hear from you on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Question of the day is this, what are the biggest games in college football this weekend in your mind? What games are you watching? What's on your mind? What games have the biggest storylines going in to college football this weekend? How about a top 25 matchup tonight on Friday night for college football? Number 10, Utah, and number 19, Oregon State. I think it should be a really good game. I don't know the status of Cam Rising. He hasn't played yet this season, and yet Utah's still 4-0 and 1-0 in conference play. So, And they're a top-10 team without their starting quarterback. That's pretty impressive. Oregon State is a good team. They had a heartbreaking loss to Washington State last week. Should be a good one tonight. Some other interesting games. Um, I think the... I think the uh, the polish, the shiny finish on Colorado has started to wear off, and it'll be all the way gone tomorrow when USC travels to Boulder to take on the Buffs. 11 a.m., that's an early kick out there in Colorado. They'll get that game underway. USC number eight in the country, favored by 21 and a half points. Looking at some of the other games, uh, really in the SEC again, it is a big, big weekend of football in the Southeastern Conference. But outside of that... You've got uh, number 24, Kansas, taking on number three, Texas. Uh, That's at 2.30 on ABC. I know a lot of you won't be watching that game. You'll have Auburn and Georgia on, but at least keep that one in mind. Um, You've got, uh, let's see, Notre Dame and Duke. Forgot about that game. I believe that's where college game day is tomorrow, if I'm correct. Uh, Notre Dame number 11 coming off of a true heartbreaking loss to Ohio State last week. See if they can bounce back on the road at undefeated number 17, Duke. 
and Notre Dame favored by five and a half. So uh, we'll see if Notre Dame can bounce back there or if Duke can prove they're legit in the ACC. A um, couple of other games. Washington on the road at Arizona so there's some decent games outside of the SEC but I really do think that our conference has the best games this weekend I really really do Um, just looking at it storylines matchups quarterbacks right Uh, there's just so many good games this weekend in the SEC outside of Auburn and Georgia which may or may not end up being an actual good game Uh, we talked a lot about these with Lee Sterling just a few minutes ago number 22 Florida isn't that crazy Florida's a top 25 team I don't believe it I don't think they're a top 25 team credit to them they've got a better record than I thought they would at this point in the season but I don't think they're a top 25 team they're on the road at Lexington tomorrow 11 a.m. What a weird game. A really fun game, though. Uh, Should be a lot of fun. And remember, coming up in hour number two, when Uncle T-Bone's with me, we'll make all of our picks for these SEC games. This is probably probably the toughest week yet, picking SEC games. I'll be honest. This is probably the toughest week so far trying to pick winners in our SEC football challenge at ESPNAU.com. Be sure you're going and getting your picks in for that. A&M and Arkansas, Missouri with a chance to go 5-0 on the road at Vanderbilt, LSU and Ole Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi State. There's great games all over the place in the Southeastern Conference. So we'll talk some more about it later on in our number two. But don't go anywhere. My one-on-one interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante for Tiger Tanks. We recap the Texas A&M game, talk about how he almost gave Jimbo Fisher a stiff arm, and as they prepare for the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Don't go anywhere. That's coming up here on ESPN 106.7. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Jacob Goins with you here on ESPN 1067, joined by Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante, as he does every single week with us here on the Auburn Opelika sports leader, ESPN 1067 for Tiger Takes. Uh, Eugene, hope you're doing well, man. I know it's another week uh, in the SEC. It's a grind each and every week in this conference in college football. Um, And coming off of a uh, tough loss last week on the road at Texas A&M, what are your, uh, just your thoughts about what happened there? at College Station. Yeah, um, I think there's, um, you know, obviously everyone wants to go out there and put their best foot forward and get a W. Um, but I do think there's some things that we can uh, look upon and reflect upon and just, you know, take it with a, a, a grain of salt and just, you know, uh, put our put our best foot forward uh, this week coming up. So I think there's some things we can untake that we can improve upon. Uh, it's positive, it's reassuring that, you know, those mistakes are correctable, you know, so. Um, it's a, you know, just a growing process. We, you know, we want to be the best team, uh, moving forward. So, um, we have to understand we have to continue to play. We need to play, uh, up to the standard every, every, uh, Saturday or we're going to get beat. So yeah, that's the biggest thing I took away from the game. And I just want the guys to know that we have to improve on stuff and take it with a growth mindset and put our best foot forward this week. 
Well, the final score was 27 to 10. Um, from the defensive perspective, obviously, uh, the side of the ball that you are, are all over the place on. Um, you guys really played extremely well. And those last two touchdowns, I think, for A&M was when um, you guys had some backups in there. We know you guys are still dealing with some injuries. We'll talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. But overall, what was the, the defensive game plan going into that game for a team that likes to throw the football? Uh, they had a talented quarterback back and some talented receivers what was the game plan going in on Saturday yeah I think the biggest thing was just establishing our will upon our side of the ball uh, stopping the football um that's the, that's what we want to do every week that's the biggest thing uh you know not allowing our opponents to run the football on us I think we did a good job uh at times bottling up the run um and I think uh we put the quarterback in situation we wanted to put the quarterback in situations on third down uh with different pressures different uh different looks just to you know give him a, a different uh viewpoint different you know different perspective out there and just fluster him a little bit so I think that was overall the, that was the main game plan going into Texas A&M and uh like I said there's a lot to improve upon um and we're 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 uh moving forward and making those changes as of right now so uh, definitely reflecting on the, the, the game and trying to put our best foot forward for Georgia. It's got to be tough, right, when you prepare for a really talented quarterback like Connor Wegman, who then uh, unfortunately gets hurt. And I don't know if you saw the news. As of today, he is expected to be out for the year, unfortunately, with that foot injury. But how tough is it for you and for the defense to prepare for a guy all week long? He goes out, and then you have to prepare in pretty much on the fly for the backup quarterback who came in and, and looked pretty impressive. Yeah, it's a it's a different you know different style of play. Just you know, we try to you know make sure we prepare for both quarterbacks throughout the week. But um, you know, we knew Connor was a guy, um, so we were, you know we were preparing for him. And then uh, he went down, and you know Max came in and did a really good job. Uh, played at LSU before, and I'm uh, familiar with his game. He's just, you know he he can spin out the pocket and, and make some things happen with his legs. So um, he came in and did a really good job for them, and I just changed the game a little bit. So. Uh, we definitely prepared, you know, for uh, both quarterbacks, but, uh, you know, Max came in there and did a good thing. So uh, just, you know, trying to improve upon that, being able to uh, grow and understand that, uh, you know, situations occur in the game that we have to, uh, you know, be ready and prepared for. Eugene, you led the defense once again with nine total tackles. Seven of those were solo. Um, I mean, you're just you're you're playing on a different level right now defensively. Uh, what what's helping you? Whether it be your preparation in the week or if it's something in the game that's just giving you that edge. I mean, you're playing at a really really elite level on the defensive side of the football right now. What would you what would you accredit that to so far? I really do. I really do give all the the praise to my coaches. Um, they, they did a really good job in helping me prepare. Um, Coach Ron Roberts, Coach uh, Aldridge do a really good job and just allowing us to understand tendencies and what to look for out there and to just allow us to play fast and, um, and freely. So I think that's the biggest thing, just coming into it, um, you know, getting with the coaches, uh, trying to understand uh, the, our opponent uh, to its entirety. And um, I can really attest that to the coaches and, help them working in and day, day in and out with me, helping me trying to improve. So uh, I thank them so much for that. Of the 10 points that Auburn scored on Saturday, you were the lone touchdown, man, and you knew I was going to bring it up and got to talk about it. Uh, it was a heck of a play all around defensively. Uh, you got your paws on the football and you were taking off down the sideline. I've got to ask, man, 
Did you see Jimbo? I mean, did you see him standing on the field? And what's going through your mind when you're running down the sideline and the opposing head coach is right there in your way? Yeah, um, I I definitely saw a coach. I, I wasn't able to identify if it was uh, Coach Fisher or not. Um, it happened all happened really fast, you know. So I got the ball, I'm running, and I'm like, yo, there's there's a person on the field that's not wearing a uniform. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I was a little confused. I'm like, man. And and it kind of was a surreal moment because, you know, I'm, I'm running, I'm trying to go score a touchdown, and it's like it didn't even feel real because it's just like, oh, why is there a coach on the field? So I crossed the line, and I, I knew there was a flag thrown on the play. So I was like, oh, man, they might have been somebody can call back. But, you know, just a really fun moment, um, you know, first college touchdown just to experience that. But it was definitely, uh, it was definitely interesting seeing Coach uh, Fitcher on the field. Yeah, and I, I wanted to, to go that direction as, as well because it's got to be a big moment for you. Anytime the defense can score a touchdown, it's always a really big moment, and it, it really just uh, another testament to what you've been doing so far, and that almost gave the, the team a little bit more life. It kept them in the ball game there a little bit, and so what does it mean for you to just, again, make such a big play like that for your team? Uh, it means a lot. You know, just needing a spark, uh, you know, with the defense trying to get – I'm trying to create something um you know it's a team you know what regardless of what goes throughout the game it's a team sport you know we try to always pride ourselves on taking and you know taking care of our brother you know so you know it was a big thing I you know I just wanted to get the guys going and I'm glad it, it happened the way it happened and then you know just trying to rally around that play and um you know you know the juice you know just uplifting our team and bringing juice bringing more juice to the sidelines so um that was the biggest thing I took away from it, just trying to draw some, I guess the guys just trying to draw inspiration from that moment and then build upon it and, and, and put our best foot forward from there on out. You can be honest with me, man. Did you did anything cross your mind when you're running past a coach? I know you didn't know it was him, but any chance that you just hit him a little Heisman right there and, and you know, a little stiff arm on the way by just to make sure that nobody was going to stop you on the way? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, people have been asking me this one. I was like, they're like, man, you you think you could have got a quick stiff arm in? <laughs> no. And I'm like, I'm like, man, you know, I think I was just so tied into the moment of, you know, just trying to get our team points, get our team on the board, because I knew nobody was catching me from behind. Um, but, you know, at that moment, it was just so, it was like milliseconds. I right. was seeing them. Maybe standing sitting here now, I would have throw threw a stiff arm or, you know, changed my angle so I would have, you know, ran them over or something. But, <laughs> I you know, love it. Um, but, uh, you know, reflecting on it, I think I, I made a good decision. No, I think you made the right decision, man. You just took off for the end zone, and you're right. Nobody was going to stop you from behind. And, and, and it, I know it's all happening so fast um, in, in an environment like that and in a situation like that. You made the right play, and, again, you kept your team in the football game. We're talking with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante here on ESPN 106.7. It was a tough loss. Um, offensively, obviously, just it was a struggle, really, all afternoon long and and it kind of goes back to the cow game and it, it really rolls into this game as well where the offense seems to be you know getting off to a slower start and struggling to get a lot of momentum and the defense continuing to go back on the field we've talked about it before Eugene the communication and the relationship that the offense and defense has where you guys just say look we got you go out there do your thing and we're going to do whatever we can to keep you in the football game and I think you guys did a really good job of that again on Saturday. Yeah, just trying to reiterate to our guys that, you know, regardless of what the situation, we, we you know, we have their back. That's the biggest thing. Um, just being in a team sport, we want to show, 
we want to establish that we, you know, we're we're brothers and we're all trying to take care of each other. So, um, you know, it, it did kind of it was similar to the Cal game and in that sense. But you know, like we said, we you know we always want to uh, put our best foot forward defensively, regardless of the situation, and uh, always help our help our brothers out. So, um, unfortunately, we didn't get the results, but you know, we're working towards uh, this week for Georgia. Well, let's talk about that Georgia game coming up this Saturday, 2.30 over at Jordan-Hare Stadium. I know it's going to be nice to get back home uh, playing in front of what is going to be a loud and rambunctious crowd. Over 80,000 people will be there on Saturday to watch Auburn take on Georgia. And uh, we know there's been a lot of conversation early this week about the the rivalry between Auburn and Georgia. And I know you, you know, transferring in and you weren't a part of this last year. So for your first true experience of Auburn and Georgia, what have you learned so far about this rivalry and what are you looking forward to on Saturday? Just play in Georgia. I learned there's a lot of rich tradition, rich uh, history in terms of you know, the ball being tipped up in the air, caught in the end zone against Georgia. There's a lot of things that, a lot of uh, spectacular moments that have, that have built this school and this foundation um, with, within the football program that, you know, are incredible moments for, you know, Auburn. You know, just learning about the uh, history, the tradition was the biggest thing for me. Um, learning about uh, the, uh, the South, the uh, oldest rivalry. So it's like, you know, I take pride in that, you know, you know trying to put our best foot forward for Auburn. Um, you know, wearing the AU proudly and just, you know, putting our best foot forward, uh, playing the uh, number one team in the country. So um, it's, a, it's a great challenge. You know, we don't back down. We're, we're, we don't surrender. Um, we, uh, you know, we're out there to try to put our best foot forward and we're, you know, grateful to do it against a quality opponent and we're excited to see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, well, they are definitely a quality opponent. You already mentioned they're the number one team in the country, 4-0 so far this season. Um, as you guys have been watching film and preparing for that Georgia offense, what is it that has stuck out to you guys, and what is it that you guys are preparing for against this Georgia offense on Saturday? Um, I think they, they do a lot of good things in terms of uh, schematics. I think they have a quality run game. Uh, I think they you know they have a great O-line, um, guys that fire up the ball and, and are, you know, aggressive in the run game. Um, I think they also have a great quarterback in Carson Beck, um, you know, stepping in for Stetson Bennett. He does a really good job um, getting his receivers the ball, um, pushing the ball downfield and man, uh, managing the game. So those are all challenges, all people that, you know, we look forward to, uh, to playing and uh, um, going out there and, and showing what we can do. So um, just trying to, you know, minimize them in every single way we can and, uh you know, stopping the run, establishing our will, and, uh, you know, getting them to third-down situations. So uh, that's a big thing for us, and uh, we're excited to do that and, and take on that challenge. And then how much how much of an advantage is it for you guys being at home, being at Jordan-Hare Stadium, rather than having to travel uh, to Athens and take on Georgia there on the road? How big of an advantage is it for you guys playing at home with a crowd that's going to be there and going to be extremely supportive? Uh, it's a big thing. You know, um, one thing I, I, I've said many times about this uh, environment here at, at Auburn, the fans are electric. The, you know, they come out and they support. And, you know, that is a big factor in, in, in the game. You know, just having fans that are supporting and cheering. And uh, when their offense is on the field, we're putting them in situations where, you know, uh, they might not be able to hear the snap count or uh, get flustered with crowd noise. It's a big thing. You know, you can literally feel the, the floor shake. You know, it's um, it's an electric environment. So, um, a kudos to the fans, and we really do need that support on Saturday. And we're gonna, 
go out there and play hard uh, the way we know how to play hard and um, excited to take on this take on this Georgia team. What does Auburn have to do as a collective, offensively, defensively, as special teams, the entire squad? What has to happen for Auburn to pull what would be an upset over the number one team in the country, Georgia, in Jordan-Hare Stadium this weekend? I think we just need to play our brand of football. We need to get back to having fun, you know, playing football. Um, just, you know, going out there and, you know, uh, putting our best foot forward. But also, you know, just remembering the game that we've played ever since we were kids, you know, not stressing out, not being tight, just letting it rip, you know, uh, playing relentlessly, uh, flowing to the football and, uh, you know, taking our shots in terms of offensively and just all those types of things, you know, having our – just get back into playing our brand of football, having fun and, and doing what we know we can do. And all those things um, will ultimately get us the results we desire. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that that's really the biggest thing I, I, we want to emphasize and, and preach to the guys is, you know, to the guys, it's, it's – it's a game that you've been playing your whole life, you know, just going out there and, and doing what you have done on multiple occasions. And then ultimately, I think that will, that will get us where we want to be. And uh, I know before we let you go, I know you guys are dealing with um, injuries on, on really both sides of the football, but uh, especially on that defensive side, we know a couple of guys are out for the foreseeable future and just seeing guys go down um, in, in, in the game against Texas A&M, a lot of guys able to come back and play, but um, how do you guys just rally, whether you're, you know, you're banged up and, and it's a long SEC schedule, how do you rally around the guys that are healthy and the guys trying to get healthy in a game like this? Um, you know, we're just preparing those young guys for their moment. You know, um, injuries is kind of a part of the thing. We don't like to see them happen, but you know, they're kind of a part, kind of a part of uh, the sport that we play. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, just getting the young guys prepared for their moment, getting them ready uh, to be in situations where they will they'll be challenged, and uh, um, you know, just putting that pressure on them in practice so they they don't you know tense up or freeze up during the game. So, those are all things that are important. Um, just being in, putting yourself in the situations in practice, um, and just putting your best foot forward on Saturday. So we're trying to we're trying to do that. We're trying to get the young guys ready. We're trying to you know get our healthy uh, injured guys back. And I think that that would be the biggest thing um, in adjusting for this this week of Georgia. Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante joining us on ESP at 1067 for our weekly segment on Tiger Takes Auburn taking on Georgia this weekend 2:30 over in Jordan Hare Stadium. So once again, that is my weekly interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. He gives wonderful answers, such good insight uh, on Auburn football, on the defensive strategy, defensive mindset. And of course, they're going to have to show up and show out once again tomorrow as Auburn taking on Georgia. Didn't you love his answer about uh, the <laughs> the situation with Jimbo being on the field? I mean, he, he said he didn't know who it was, but he said next time if it happens, he's going to give a little Heisman, a little stiff arm and, and and make sure that whoever that coach is out on the field, you don't get in the way of Eugene Asante. So I appreciate him every single week joining me for Tiger Takes. Again, that interview uh, airs originally on The Drive on Wednesdays at 5.30, and then I play it on Fridays at 2.30. So every single week throughout football season, looking forward to talking with Eugene once again. We'll take our final break, come back, wrap up hour number one before Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett of Radio Free Auburn joins me for On the Line Fridays, brought to you by our friends at Sensei Green heating and air that's what's coming up here on the friday edition of on the line on espn 1067 you are on the line on espn 1067 
Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. I would love to hear from you uh, on the phone lines. Probably not now, but as we get into hour number two, what are your thoughts? What are your picks for uh, Auburn, Georgia, for any of the other big games in the SEC or other big games around college football? What's on your mind? What games are you watching this weekend? I want to hear from you. I know you got thoughts on the on the eve of Auburn and Georgia. 334-321 1390 is the number to get you through to me. Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett joins me in the studio in just a couple of minutes. We'll be making our picks on ESPNAU.com. Be sure you're getting in all of your picks each week for our SEC Football Challenge. Uh, We have great prizes from our wonderful sponsors, uh, the Orthopedic Clinic, Johnny Brusco's New York Style Pizza, Tzatziki's, and uh, Vintage 2298 Butcher Shop. Did that off the top of my head. That was pretty good. Uh, Those four sponsors are giving away our weekly prizes and then whoever has the best score at the end of the season you will win all of the weekly prizes one of each plus a 55 inch flat screen smart tv so you can't you can't beat it there's no reason not to be a part of it at espnau.com we'll be making our picks live um this is a really tough week in the SEC. Excited for that. Uh, we'll also be talking Auburn and Georgia, of course, giving you our breakdown. What has to happen tomorrow at Jordan-Hare Stadium for Auburn to have a chance, right? And I think that's all anybody's asking for is, Auburn, give, give yourself a chance to win this game. Be in the game. Be competitive in the game. And a lot of people have talked this week We expect improvement, and we expect Auburn to get better. And I 100% agree with you. You should expect that. But it may not look like a lot of people are picturing it because you are playing the number one team in the country. Let's remember that, that you are playing Georgia, who has out-recruited everybody over the past three or four years, which is why they're back-to-back national champions. If Auburn can put up some points and move the football offensively, and continue to play lights-out defense with guys like Eugene Asante, that is improvement. Don't get blown out by 21-plus. That would be an improvement. Hang with Georgia. Get a big play or two. Force some turnovers. That would be an improvement as well. So we're going to talk about that coming up in hour number two. It has a chance to be a really fun game. It's going to be a fun day regardless here in Auburn uh, because Auburn-Georgia is just one of those really, really special rivalries where – There is a lot of hate between the Tigers and the Dogs. That's what's coming up in hour number two. Stay tuned. You don't want to go anywhere. On the line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn. He'll join me in the studio brought to you by Sensi Green Heating and Air. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two coming up. ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Be sure you go and check them out this weekend, Tiger fans. It's going to be a great place to be. Great way to get your day started, really. If you want to go over and check out the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge there in Midtown, just off of Opelika Road, you can't miss it. It'll be uh, it'll be bumping tomorrow all day long for Auburn and Georgia. This is hour number two here on the Friday edition of On the Line. If you missed any of the first hour, uh, you know what to do. Go find the podcast at ESPNAU.com or just search On the Line wherever you get your podcasts. We had Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports in hour number one. Uh, he is 33-15 and 15 on his college football picks and betting so far this season. So if you want to jump on the winning train, go check him out at ParamountSports.com. Uh, we talked about all the biggest games and betting lines in the SEC. We also had my interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante, who talked about the Texas A&M game, previewed the Georgia game, what the atmosphere is going to be like this weekend. Uh, and so that was a really good interview as well. So that was an hour number one. You know the drill. It's hour number two on a Friday. And we've got Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett joining me in the studio. Uncle T-Bone, it's great to see you, brother. Hope all is well. Yeah, all is well. Um, I think I might take it down to the Plaza Bar and Lounge patio Happy hour four to six, yeah. dog friendly, right? And catch a kid friendly, supper. kid friendly, home of the War Burger. So that's a good place to be on a beautiful Friday afternoon here in Auburn, Alabama. We're live from I eighty five, my friend. And there as you go. always, every Friday brought to you by our good friends at Sense of Green. Check them out at www.senseofgreen.com for air that's cool and clean. That calls Sense of Green. So yep. love some Sense of Green heating and air, folks. Uh, it's maintenance season. Right, it's finally getting a little bit cooler. I think we got hit with another false fall this past week. Yeah, but, it's going to uh, be warm tomorrow. It's going to be a warm one over there in Jordan Hare Stadium at two thirty. But uh, right about this time of year is when you want to make sure that you get your uh, system, your HVAC system, checked out. You get your teeth cleaned twice a year. Why not get your teeth of your house cleaned twice a year? Get on a maintenance program with Sense Green Heating and Air. It'll save you a lot of money. Tell there you them, go. Tell them Uncle T-Bone sent you. So That's right. We got the big one, the Deep South's oldest rivalry tomorrow. I know we're going to have a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, where would you like to begin this uh, Friday afternoon? Well, before we get into our pickums like we normally do on our SEC Football Challenge at ESPNAU.com, be sure you're pulling that up. You can pick along with us. Uh, we do this every Friday. Picks close tonight at midnight, so be sure you are getting involved with that. A weekly prize each and every week. It's normally a gift card from one of our great sponsors, uh, the Orthopedic Clinic, uh, Vintage 2298 Butcher Shop, Tzatziki's, um, and Johnny Brusco's New York Style Pizza. Uh, so be sure you're getting your picks in there before we start with our picks how are you feeling about tomorrow I mean we don't have to get into the details just yet but it's Auburn it's Georgia we know the town is already getting jam-packed I was driving around during lunch and it's already getting busy around here so I think the fans are going to be here but how are you feeling T going into what is a uh, uh, just a, a coin flip on what you're going to see from Auburn maybe not the results but what we're going to see from Auburn 
Not so good, my friend, to be honest with you. Uh, last, I feel completely opposite than I did last week. Isn't that crazy? Early into last week, I kind of was a little nervous about the game. As we got closer to heading out to Texas A&M, I got more and more confident. Uh, this week, I kind of came out. I was like, all right, you know, we're going to be okay. That line looks a little funny. I heard that Georgia's got some injuries. You know, there might be some type of stomach bug going around the Georgia locker room. But as we get closer and closer to kickoff, I'm starting to get madder and madder and just feel like that Georgia's going to come in and take care of business i hate to be like that i'm totally going you know i, I said last week i was going to keep uh picking the, my tigers picking with my heart until they uh lost a football game well they lost one and yeah, they you did. know i'm gonna have to look at this one with my head i don't see any pathway for auburn truly competing in this football game if they're going to continue to play offense like they played against california and like they played against Texas A&M. I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah, it is. And it, it, look, it's going to take more than three points offensively if you want to beat not just Georgia, but beat the number one team in the country or beat any team in the SEC. That's so, right. Uh, Auburn's got to find a way to do that. We're going to talk more about that later on here in hour number two. But outside of Auburn, Georgia, what a fantastic weekend it is in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, this may be the best weekend so far, and that's saying something because we've had some good games. This is an underrated week in the Southeastern Conference. I would say all but maybe one or two of these games, I am really struggling to pick this week, Uncle Tebow. Yeah, they, they all kind of look a little tight, right? And this will be one of the rare times during the college football uh, season in 2023 where SEC play is probably more intriguing than the complete lineup of all of national play right mm-hmm. there's only three or four games in the top 25 and they're they, they are you know they're not they're not big time matchups you're so not I, interested in USC Colorado oh well, I am interested <laughs> a little bit I'd like to see if Colorado has anything left in the tank I don't think that they do you're starting to see what I've been talking to about with friends all week in Auburn's in the same boat Right, and all these all these teams that are making wholesale changes in their roster with mm-hmm. the transfer portal, that's not there to make a living off of. And this is why Auburn fans have to take and must take a deep breath and get behind their program. You have to recruit high school at elite levels and then supplement your program with playmakers that might help you get to a championship in the transfer portal like Georgia's been doing, like Alabama's been doing, like FSU's starting to do, right? So Auburn Wholesale right, has uh, brought in 40 players out of the transfer portal. Okay, That's stabilizing the program. That's now, getting by. That's yeah. getting by and just making it respectable, mm-hmm. and, and your coach is going out and saying, look, this is why we need you here to high school recruit. But, you know, we can also do a little damage. Look how well we coach with a team that is brand new. Mm-hmm. Colorado's in rough shape right now. They're, those injuries are starting to mount up big time. You saw what happened to Shiloh Sanders after that football game. Can't say that it didn't, you know, if you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. That's right. He walked the walk all the way over to a hospital urinating blood. Mm. Oregon beat down Colorado I expect USC to do the same thing my friend yeah I I just I think USC will handle business there and I think I I said this in the first hour maybe some of that shine that Colorado had is starting to polish away and uh, starting to kind of come back down to earth a little bit all that glitters is not gold that's right including those Colorado helmets so (laughs) hey I think Dion's doing a good job and he's brought a lot of recognition there but they're only ranked 77th in recruiting right now on rivals Mm. yeah gotta make up for it 
that's not sustainable. No, it's not. It's not, especially with a team that's moving to the Big 12 now. Remember, they are moving to the Big 12. So you have to remember that of Colorado uh, in a weird-looking Big 12 conference with so many teams coming in and out. In college football, we know just how crazy it is with all the different realignment stuff going on. But looking at the games in the SEC this weekend as we move into our pickums here on a Friday afternoon, reminder, go to ESPNAU.com, click on the contest tab, and join us in the SEC football challenge. If you do it every week, you got to get them in if you're just now joining in that's totally fine get in there are weekly prizes each and every week and then the best score at the end of the season you get one of each weekly prize plus you get a 55 inch flat screen smart tv you can't beat it you can't beat it it's free to enter all you got to do is make your picks by friday at midnight and so we will jump in to this and there's not a whole lot of skippable games on this list uncle t-bone i mean we'll start at the top i know it's the late game on saturday night how about alabama coming off a win over old miss they're on the road in stark vegas eight o'clock cowbells will be going absolutely berserk any chance mississippi state can find a way and pull off I know Alabama's not good, but it would still be an upset for the Bulldogs. No, no chance. I don't see that whatsoever. This 14.5 point line is way too low. And I know what people say. They're like, oh, Uncle T-Bone, they're trying to get you to – they're begging you to play Alabama yep. here. Yep. You know, I, I think that you're starting to get to a point in the season where, you know, the, the, the line is what it is. Uh, I'm starting to look at what Mississippi State is. There's a lot of data on them now. They don't have anything that makes me excited in the eye test Alabama stabilized things last week they went to a more conservative type offense they still can hit the long ball with Jalen Milrow who is their entire entire offense and I heard you talking to uh, Doug Amos earlier on the Max Roundtable about you know how Alabama fans are kind of starting to come around to the real realization that this isn't going to be the team out of 2016 that beats people 56 to 3 but, right you know look when in when in uh 31 to 20 isn't bad either. Um, maybe Mississippi State does something a little late, but I still don't believe they have any offense. South Carolina plays no defense, and they put up 30 on them last week. Yeah, I have Alabama. Um, it's a late game. I think it can be a football game getting into the fourth quarter, uh, but I still think you'll see the talent differential. I think I've used that a lot recently, but um, you're going to see it again on Saturday. Alabama will win. It may not be the prettiest thing in the world, but I think Alabama will win on the road there in Starkville. Um, how about this game? LSU on the road at Ole Miss, that L- that Ole Miss team coming off a bad offensive performance against Alabama defense broke down late LSU they had to squeak by against a better Arkansas team an Arkansas team that gave them all they wanted Uh, but LSU has bounced back extremely well after the embarrassment opening weekend against Florida State I have LSU going on the road and winning this game. I think Jaden Daniels is a really, really good quarterback. He's playing up to the hype of the preseason. Ole Miss can't run with LSU. I'm taking the Tigers on the road there in Oxford on Saturday. Well, you know, we saw what happened with Lane Kiffin last week, right? You know, all talk, all cat, uh, all hat, no mm-hmm. cattle. Uh, kind of falling on his face once again. And the, the national media finally kind of – beginning to turn on him and put the pressure on him how does he react boy somebody at Ole Miss must have fired up the SEC I mean back-to-back weeks Bama and LSU I mean come on but you know what when you're a program that has never made it to Atlanta you have the SEC is not going to do you any favors naturally organically or inorganically Mm -hmm. you know I doubt this is just complete coincidence 
But that being said, you have to get over the hump, and Ole Miss has just proven over Lane Kiffin that he's not going to get over the hump, that he wins the, the game of life, the party of life. But LSU will roll in there. Brian Kelly's a very serious man. He's a very serious coach, and just because they look bad in week one doesn't mean they're going to look bad this week and moving forward. LSU has the potential out of all the teams in the SEC West right now from what I've seen to get it together and be the best team in the West doesn't mean they go to the conference championship with that tough trip to Tuscaloosa later in November. Yeah, I said earlier when I was sitting in with Doug on the Max Roundtable, I said if LSU can fix a few problems on defense, I think they're the best team in the SEC. Even after that loss against Florida State, I think they've rebounded really well. If they can roll into Oxford tomorrow, I know it's a night game compared to what they did a couple of weeks ago uh, when they went on the road to Mississippi State and they just shut down the Bulldogs immediately. They were up 10-0 after the first quarter and it was over after that. If LSU can repeat what was a perfect road performance in conference play tomorrow, LSU is going to roll. I've got LSU winning on the road at Ole Miss. I think it's a good game, but I think LSU, they have too many weapons on offense. And Ole Miss, they can't stop. If they can't stop Jalen Milrow, they can't stop Jaden Daniels. And LSU is going to have a field day tomorrow, I think, against Ole Miss. We'll pick one more before we get to break. South Carolina and Tennessee underrated game in the SEC East you've got Spencer Rattler don't look at South Carolina's record for a second he's playing lights out he is playing really really good football as we all knew he would but South Carolina just can't get the wins they're on the road in Knoxville taking on Tennessee what do you got man what a game this is going to be I still don't know what to think of Tennessee I was so high on them preseason and they went down to Florida and just completely laid an egg and that game got weird late I'm not really sure where they are as a program South Carolina's had some tough games they are not getting the wins but they're hanging in there with some teams Rattler is playing amazing I just do not think they have the playmaking ability on the outside I don't think that defense is tough and that defense man I mean, you know, I know they played a good half against Georgia, but ever since then, the team's been running through them like chocolate cheese. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I I think this game could be tight. Tennessee takes care of business, but um, you know, I would not be surprised if South Carolina was hanging around late here. I am picking this team because they're the home team. I'm picking Tennessee because they're at Neyland Stadium. If this thing is being played in Columbia, South Carolina, I think I, I think I would take South Carolina, yeah, I being really that. honest with you. I, I think it's that close. I think it's a coin flip. It may not be a one-point game, but I just that's where I sit right now. I could go either way, and I'm literally taking Tennessee because they're the home team, and I have no other reason because of it. That's it. I'm taking Tennessee being there in Knoxville. We've got, let's see, one, two, three more games to pick when we come back before we start talking about Auburn and Georgia. What are some of your picks in the SEC this weekend? We'd love to hear from you here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goetz. He is Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett. It's all brought to you by our friends at Sense of Green Heating and Air. Give them a call. Get on their website. Do whatever you got to do to check them out. We'll be right back here on the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. 
Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett. Man, plug everything you've got going on with Radio Free Auburn, uh, all of our wonderful sponsors that make this hour possible. Plug everything you got going on, man. I know you've got uh, – you're busy on on <laughs> on a daily basis. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, check me out first at uh, www.radiofreeauburn.com. We always have the uh, Sunday Uncle t-bone top 20 that comes out before noon and then i write a uh, weekly blog this week's was uh brought to us by uh some friends over there at byron's uh and it was a uh, fool's gold or pay dirt man uh it was a week five all that uh glitters is not gold we had to we're just kind of leaving behind some of the uh fool's gold that the national media was peddling to us in regards to lane kiffin uh and Deion sanders this past week and a few other things uh, and then tomorrow like i'm and obviously i'm on every friday with you guys i love it here uh three to four 106.7 espn radio brought to you by sense of green heating and air and then tomorrow 10 30 right 94.3 yep. game day on wings yep you that's and jumping jack hudden yep that's gonna be a big one so check all that out i really appreciate the support and uh, if anybody wants to get together and maybe perhaps go down to the uh, plaza patio drink a cold snack and talk about everything that's happening so. there you go well we know that uh wings 94.3 our sister station here at auburn network um is a busy place it is the place to be after we go off the air at 6 o'clock here on ESPN, you've got Auburn High School football going on tonight over there. You've got Game Day on Wings, the show with, of course, you, Uncle T, and Jumpin' Jack Hudden. Like you said, 10.30 tomorrow uh, over on Wings 94.3. That leads right into the Tiger Tailgate show with Andy Birch and Paul Ellen. Uh, they said they are having this may be the most stacked tiger tailgate show they've ever had when wow. it comes to guests so you be sure you check that yeah. out tomorrow morning uh they'll go on at 11:30, taking you all the way up to kickoff between auburn and georgia 2 30 p.m central time here in auburn opelika over on the new home of auburn football wings 94 3 and it's crazy too we started i've started this week as crazy as it sounds we've started making preparations for basketball season and i don't want to get ahead of ourselves but we're just over a month away so um we're gonna have auburn men's basketball over on wings 94-3 this season as well but as i mentioned tonight you can catch auburn high school on the road at ramsey up at legion field in birmingham uh pregame 6 30 kickoff at seven with scott bagwell rob pate and jack hudden and then i uh, will be over on au 100 which is 100.3 another sister station here with Auburn Network uh, Lee Scott Academy on the road uh, once again this Friday on the road down in Prattville taking on Autauga two four and one teams both two and one in the region uh, should be a really really exciting game I know sometimes Lee Scott is able to beat up on some teams but I don't think it's going to happen tonight I think it'll be a really good one so pregame 630 kickoff at 7 on 100.3 FM or AU100FM.com with my color commentator Christian Griffin so that's what's going on in our High school coverage tonight. Let's continue our pickums uh, before we get to the phone lines coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, where did we leave off? How about this? Texas A&M and Arkansas. This game, it is so weird when these two teams get together there in Jerry's world. I mean, it, they just throw all the rules out of the out, oh, yeah. out the window and and everything just goes out uh, ballistic in this game. I don't even know how to describe it. It's always fun when Texas A&M and Arkansas get together. Well, I gotta th- I gotta wonder what Arkansas has left in the tank after 
after basically going in the tank the last two weeks with like 10,000 yards and penalties, losing at home to BYU, losing on the road to LSU. Now they got to go down to Dallas into Jerry World and take on a Texas A&M team that all of a sudden everybody thinks is great. I kind of like the Hogs here, but I've been big on KJ Jefferson all preseason and into the season, right? When he's healthy, he is a playmaker. Can they clean those penalties up? Yes, especially on the offensive line where Sam Pittman, who I like also, is an expert, right? And that they they and Rocket Sanders getting healthy is huge. I think AM's a little overrated and getting a little bit too much credit for the victory against Auburn. Yeah, they won the game. They won the game going away, but you know, if Hollywood hooks or a Jackson State transfer portal guy makes a catch with 6.50 to go that hit him right in the hands mm-hmm. in the end zone that Robbie Ashford, who everybody says is inaccurate, throws a good ball. It's 20-17, to 17, man, late in that game, and we know how Jimbo likes to get late in the games. I'm taking Arkansas here, and I think they win going away. Yeah, I like Arkansas too. Just to give you a quick answer, I like Arkansas. We were talking about it earlier during the break. Penalties have killed this team. They've been right there. They hung with LSU in Baton Rouge last week. If their defense could have just made another play or two, they would have beaten LSU there on the road. So give me Arkansas. I think uh, Max Johnson may have a a tough day for Texas A&M. And of course, our thoughts and prayers go out to Connor Wegman. Hope for the best for him and a speedy recovery for A&M starting quarterback. And we'll see what Max Johnson can do as the backup. But I've got the Hogs tomorrow over Texas A&M. Let's get to the phone lines here before we continue on with our picks. 334-321-1390. And I know this guy's got a few picks. Andy, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey, War Eagle. Yeah, man, War Eagle. What's up? So, um, like I called last Friday, and I was a little nervous about Auburn and Texas A&M. I'm, I'm less nervous um, just because we kind of know. What, what made me nervous about Texas A&M is that people were thinking Auburn had a chance, and that's what I was uneasy about, just the disappointment. So, um, should be a little bit more cool-headed uh, tomorrow where, you know, we got nothing to lose. Um, well, Auburn's, Auburn should be playing all year with nothing to lose. I mean, you're, right. this is the first year in a, in a first-year coach who's, who's really on house money. You know, this should be a kitchen sink game tomorrow. I'm not talking about coming out and playing some kind of quackery and running crazy plays, but they ought to be an RPO. They ought to be moving fast. They ought to be changing it up. They ought to be throwing everything they got at Georgia tomorrow. And quite frankly, the rest of the season, because it's year one in Hugh Freeze, we really have nothing to lose, and we're trying to rebuild a program. And what better way to kind of catch somebody off guard tomorrow with everything you got and get a W? I I I agree. That's why I was worried last week because that wasn't sentiment around here. Everyone was, you know, three and zero, yeah. <laughs> and we're like slow down. Um, so I, on the Auburn um, ESPN AU.com, is that it shows Kentucky's got more picks? Is that just us that does that? Because I mean, Kentucky always puts up a fight. I just I don't see that happening. So I like Florida, and also I like Arkansas. I think that second string quarterback's not going to do as good. Auburn has that. Auburn will hurt. Auburn will hurt your quarterback. That is what we're good at. But unfortunately, that second string comes in and stings us. Um, well, that's something I didn't understand last week, Jacob. I mean, you know, like we came out in the, the first half, we were putting a lot of pressure on Connor Wigman. We were getting after him. He was rattled. Mm-hmm. He was not, you know, the, the, the SEC's leading passer against Auburn. And then we just kind of – did somebody forget to tell this coaching staff that Max Johnson has well over 30 touchdowns in the SEC and it's kind of cool in the pocket? Yeah. They should have just continued to bring the house. 
I wasn't very impressed with A&M's playmakers on the outside. In fact, I thought we were shutting them down. They weren't really running the ball on us too much, and minus the referees and some of these phantom calls, they didn't have that many yards on the ground. Why did we not continue to bring pressure? Yeah, I'm with you. Andy, you got a final pick? No, I'm just going with those. Um, I think the Chiefs is going to be a slow game, um, even with them trying to impress a little pretty girl. But, um, (laughs) no, you guys are all on it. Uh, You guys are – more on it than I am right now. So keep it up, and I'll continue listening. War Eagle. Appreciate the call, Andy. Great to hear from you on a Friday afternoon, 334-321-1390. I'm with you, T. I mean, Auburn, it seemed like the defensive mindset changed when a new quarterback came in. And I understand you're going to change some things because it's a different quarterback. But Auburn was getting pressure. Auburn was stopping the run for the most part. But then I think injuries and depth really hurt this team. I really do. I mean, I think injuries are piling up bigger than we think they are and Auburn's got to find a way somehow to overcome that I don't know how again I've talked about it this week I don't make enough money to make that decision or come up with an answer to that because I don't know but Auburn has to find a way because eventually if the offense can't score the defense is going to give up that's just natural I mean that is a natural selection in your brain well let me ask you something you ever seen that movie uh, we were soldiers yeah it's broken arrow time (laughs) it is we'll talk more auburn georgia make our last couple of picks when we come back we got 30 more minutes here on the friday edition of on the line you are on the line with jacob goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goetz. He is Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett, and he joins me every Friday for the second hour here on ESPN 106.7. It's brought to you by our friends at Sense of Green Heating and Air as we are inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. We're going to continue. we got a couple more games to pick in the SEC, then talk a lot of Auburn and Georgia. But really, really quickly, do you see the Ryder Cup today, man? I mean, what an embarrassment by the United States. And credit to Europe, they played out of their minds. But what an embarrassing performance in Rome this morning by the United States. They got hammered all day long. Was Brian Harson captaining the American team? <laughs> I mean, it'll never get old janking on Brian Harson, man. I mean, what was that? He'll continue to catch strays until the day he dies, I think. You know, I don't know, and well-deserved, too. I don't know... What they do, I saw an interview with Zach Johnson after they melted down today, and he said something about trying to get it into Sunday and seeing what happens. I guess he's trying to channel his inner Ben Crenshaw or whatever. If they play again like they did today, they're not going to see Sunday. No, they're not. I mean, Europe whooped up on them. Every single match, every single – I mean, just every single pairing, it was Europe all day long with guys like John Rahm and Victor Hovland I mean they just they they totally outplayed some of the biggest names in golf like um Jordan Spieth Justin Thomas uh Scotty Scheffler I mean Brooks Koepka like they just could not compete with the Europeans today somebody needs to tell Brooks Koepka that the Ryder Cup started yeah literally did he hit one meaningful shot today doesn't seem not from what I saw 
We're not here to talk about the Ryder Cup, Jacob, <laughs> because I could go on the rest of the show about that, and Tiger fans want to hear what we have to say about the Deep South's oldest rivalry. But Correct. before we get there... Then we got a couple more games. Before we get there, we got a couple more games, and we were talking about it at the break. Missouri at Vanderbilt seems a little fishy to me. Yeah. Wouldn't this be the most Missouri thing of all time, to be 4-0? and About to be a top could be a top 20 team in college football that's right a look ahead possibility with lsu on the schedule next week vanderbilt is down and out they've got nothing their scoreboards hanging from a couple of cranes there in nashville (laughs) wouldn't this be the most missouri thing in the world to go and lose this football game when 90 percent of the people on our espn au pick'em contest have missouri winning this football game i do too but wouldn't this just be the most Missouri thing you've ever seen? Yeah, this would be why people call Missouri the misery. <laughs> That's and right. If this isn't a classic look-ahead game with LSU coming to town for them next week, I don't know what is. Which would also could be, though, if LSU rolls in Oxford, a classic letdown game, probably playing pretty early in one of the weird places in college football to play. I can't even tell you how to get to that stadium. No. I mean, hey, you know, somebody, I'd have to get Siri out to get find that place. So, whatever, you know, it would be. I don't see any way possible how Missouri loses this game, which is probably why they'll lose it. Florida in the SEC game of the week, Eastern Division side at least, one of the better games nationally that not a lot of people are talking about, AP number 22, Florida, which I don't agree with at Kentucky. I don't either. I, 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 there's no way Florida is a top 25 no team. I don't care that they beat Tennessee. No, they're getting way too much way too much street credit for Uncle T-Bone's liking after beating Tennessee. People just want Florida and Billy Napier, I think, nationally to be something more than they really are. Like I talked about Ole Miss getting no favors from the SEC home office. How about Kentucky this week and hosting Florida and then going to Georgia next week? There will be no look ahead here. Mark Stoops is a solid coach. Kentucky's been a very solid yet boring program now for 10 years. This is it for the Wildcats. Like last week week was it for Ole Miss it is do or die Semper Fi time for UK if they don't get over the hump here and start making a way to try and get into the SEC championship just once never have never even really sniffed it since 1992 like mm. Ole Miss if they don't do it now they'll never do it I think they take care of business in the bluegrass state in the commonwealth state my man Kentucky wins this one and I think they I think they suffocate Florida tomorrow I like Kentucky in this game here's what has to happen Devin Leary, he's got to complete some more of his passes. He's thrown for over 1,000 yards this season, but he's just under 60% completion percentage. You've got to be better than that in the SEC if you want to have a chance to take your team to Atlanta. I like Kentucky. Their defense is solid. They're just a well-coached team. You mentioned it. Stoops is just, he's a legend. I think he is, the job he has done in Lexington will never, ever get the appreciation it deserves. I think Kentucky wins. I think Kentucky owns this game. It'll be a good one through four quarters, but Kentucky will find a way to win it. They're late in Lexington. So with that, that takes us to, of course, the game that everybody wants to hear about, the game that everybody's been talking about all week long. It's Auburn. It's Georgia. It's the Deep South's oldest rivalry. This game has been played so many times there is only one other matchup that's played more games than Auburn and Georgia and they meet once again tomorrow at 2:30 in Jordan-Hare Stadium it's the CBS game on TV of course you can find it over on Wings 94.3 with Andy Burcham, Jason Campbell, Brad Law, everybody with the Auburn Sports Network 
Lots of conversation this week, Uncle T-Bone, about the offense and the quarterback situation. And early on this week, we had tons of people on this show, this station, calling for Peyton Thorne's job and that it should be Robbie Ashford starting tomorrow against Georgia. I mean, it's not out, It's not unrealistic to call for that after what we've seen. Look, I mean, Peyton Thorne has played two quality games against non-quality opponents two times on the road at California, at A&M. He, we're lucky we've had defensive touchdowns by some of his play called back, whether it was fair or not for the team. I mean, he, he's missed open receivers. Uh, that's one of the things that disappointed me last week was it, it was obvious, although he did have some drop passes, it was obvious that he was not ready. He was rattled, and he probably should have got the yank earlier in that game. But, you know, I'm not the coach they are. So I don't blame folks for it. I mean, what happened to Peyton Thorne, man? You talk about fool's gold two years ago was just playing lights out at Michigan State, and now he looks like he's got a confidence issue. So, yeah, they got to roll Robbie out, and they got to go RPO, and they got to go Nick Marshall fast, and if you, whether he hit some receivers or not, they've got to find a way, somehow, some way, Jacob, to get some yards, sustain some drives, for crying out loud. That's killing the defense, especially mm-hmm. on these hot days. And it's going to be hot again tomorrow. <laughs> yes, it is. Get some first downs and get some points and do it early enough to get that crowd riled up at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Yeah, you got to find a way to limit your penalties too, man. Holding penalties have killed this offense. If you look at that Texas A&M game, yeah. how many drives were didn't even get started because of holding penalties? And look, there's this a big is, question about a couple of those penalties. Oh, there's no that doubt. Been turned over to the SEC, and there's a bigger question about who who called those penalties. Yeah, and Hugh Freeze said that on Monday. He turned a few of those calls in because he hated them. I mean, he said they were so bad he went back, clipped them, and sent them to the SEC offices right. in Birmingham. And good for him. For we've got somebody who's fighting for us. Finally. That's right. And but regardless, don't give them the opportunity to call that. There's holding on every play in football. Uh, you could throw a flag on every single play in, in football, high school, college, professional. There is holding on every single play. But Auburn's got to find a way to not do that because holding penalties, they kill drives. It's a hot take for me, but I think a holding penalty should only be five yards. Have I ever talked to you about this? No, we've never talked about this. Holding penalties should only be five yards. It's ridiculous that it's a 10-yard penalty. You're already double behind the line now if it's first and 10 you get a holding penalty now it's first and 20 why is it a 10 yard penalty doesn't make any sense to me a false starts just five yards I don't know it's just my personal preference and personal opinion because when you get the holding penalty I don't know the exact stat but somebody out there who's smarter than me would have this how many drives end up going three and outs after a first down holding penalty i mean probably well over 50 percent. i would say close to 70 75 i would you know bama fans think that when they get called for holding that the other team should get a five yard penalty so you know i'm with you man you know uh, look uh some i'll tell you another rule that's kind of i know we're getting a little off subject but the fact that they're not stop i don't mind them not stopping the clock after a first down but when someone goes out of bounds the clock should stop yeah that is ridiculous yeah i'm with you we're i mean you're losing plays in these yeah, football absolutely games you you're are. losing plays and you're also you're gaining commercials as well but that is a, a whole separate conversation things that auburn has to combat tomorrow though against georgia limiting penalties and getting that offense rolling and 
we know that Auburn's going to be without a few guys. Uh, offensively, Damari Alston yeah, is he's, out. He's out for he, a while. He's out for a while, unfortunately. Um, word, just word that I'm getting is it's not great, but um, we'll see what the result is. We hope that you know it's a speedy, uh, speedy recovery and not as bad as they think it is. But he is out. Good news is. You still got Jarquez Hunter. You still have Jeremiah Cobb. You still have Brian Petit, who has been the most impressive running back in the room so far. Well, I, and you know, like I said about Brooks Kepka, and I hate to be like this, but can someone tell Jarquez Hunter that the season started? I mean, where's my all all SEC all stud? The guy I was saying looks like the next James Bostic from 1993 for all mm. you old school Auburn fans. This guy's a beast. He's not getting. Uh, he's not making the plays that he's made in the past two years, and he needs to wake up and start running that rock. And making some plays, man. I want to see him and Batie in the backfield together. I want to see Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis. I cannot pronounce his first name. I'm sorry. The Johnson kid at receiver. Javarius Johnson. Javarius Johnson and Jay yep. and Jay Fair. Jay Fair the, touched the ball one time last week. On the week. field together. We need more speed out there. They're gonna have to stretch the field against Georgia. Yep. They're going to have to get Georgia safeties out of the middle of the field. What better way to do that, right? So, Brian Petit's a player. We talked about him last week. We talked about him on Game Day on Wings. That that was a breakout player that we were ready to see. And he can ball out. Yes, he can. You know, special teams have been – let me ask you a question, though. On the other side of the ball, Mm -hmm. with the Georgia offense, is Ladd McConkie going to play? It's – Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 on Wednesday, my Georgia guy, said that it is looking like he won't play, that he may travel, but he probably won't play. But I'm also getting word today that he might play. I think it's a coin flip. I don't think we know. Right. As far as I know, if people have better resources than I do, please let me know. Defensively, his struggle has struggled with some injuries over Mm -hmm. there. Georgia's actually struggled with some injuries. I have not watched a lot of Georgia this season. You know, they, they, I know they were. I watched the first half when they played South Carolina. I believe that we were in studio on Game Down Wings. Hard to believe that half, you know, next week the season will be halfway over. Isn't by that crazy? The way. But we'll find out tomorrow about Georgia. I think that they have a lot of questions. Uh, I think that they aren't the team that they have been over the last two years. They've got to continue to bring pressure. I don't care if you get burned or not. Put pressure on that quarterback. Create even more turnover. Auburn's been creating turnovers. Yeah, they have. Which is, they've been creating turnovers, and believe it or not, on Saturday against Texas A&M, Auburn did not turn the ball over. They had a couple come back, but they didn't turn the ball over. And so, when you're doing that in SEC play, you should be in football games, and you should be winning football games. But... Agreed. It doesn't matter if you get if your defense gets three interceptions if the offense goes three and out each time afterwards. Well, three and out. This is the modern defense strategy, right? A three and out is almost as good as a turnover in today's defensive world. Look, offenses. The game. I'm not saying it's rigged, but it definitely still, despite seeing some low scoring and Auburn not putting up many points offensively, it the rules of football favor offenses. Yeah. Okay, and wide receivers run across the middle of the field with no fear anymore. So, look, they have got they have got to figure out a way to get that offense going. They were in the game last week, man. They were in the game. Hey, like a, if if the calls don't go against them, they're probably leading at halftime. Mm-hmm. And and we're sitting here and and only generating two hundred yards, and you're still in the game. That's what kind of balling out our defense has done this year. But if you continue to go three and out. It will get ugly tomorrow. It, yeah. That defense will start to give. And and thank goodness also that we have a bye week next week. 
Much needed. Much needed. So I'm with you, man. The offense has got to figure out the way to move the chains, keep that defense over there rested, get the Georgia defense a little worn out, drag them into the deep end of the pool and see if that Jordan-Hare crowd can make a difference in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we'll talk about that crowd and what tomorrow represents other than the actual game itself when Auburn and Georgia are set to do battle once again 2.30 at Jordan-Hare Stadium. We'll come back and wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106. the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines really quickly as we have a few more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. Crawford, you're on the line with Jacob Goins and Uncle T-Bone, man. What's up? T-Bone, what's going on? What's up, Crawl Daddy? Thanks for calling in, I'm buddy. I'm doing just fine. Hey, I'm going to tell you, I heard you talking about the uh, the holding. You could call holding on any uh, any play. You can. Okay. Wait, you'll remember. I, I'm pretty sure it was 2009, and Alabama had zero offensive holding penalties for the year. That's not possible, but it's Alabama. So, whatever. Go to hell, Alabama. Love your show. All right. Thanks so much, man. <laughs> Thanks so much, Crawford. Appreciate the call, man. What a way to uh, what a way to wrap it up. We got a few more minutes here. Appreciate him calling it. Well, you know, just to follow up on that, it's not really obvious always when a holding call. It's when it happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's been years where Alabama was Bama fans will come back and say, "Oh, we've we've had as many penalties as anybody." Well, were those all happening in the second half when you had second and third stringers in? Right. You know, you call a holding call like the one that happened to Auburn while they're driving in Texas A&M early, it not only kills the momentum of the drive, it can kill the momentum of winning the game, man. Confidence of your quarterback, confidence of your offensive line. I mean, the things that Auburn has been struggling with this year, those things kill it. And so Auburn has to find a way to avoid those as much as possible tomorrow. Before we give our final picks and predictions for Auburn and Georgia tomorrow, I said outside of the game, there's a lot going on. This is one of the biggest weekends in town all season long. This is also going to be probably the second biggest recruiting weekend of the year. There are going to be hundreds, and I mean hundreds, of recruits and family members in town this weekend at Jordan-Hare Stadium in the recruiting facility. It's going to be unbelievable if you're at the game on saturday just look at the sidelines in pregame they are going to be lined up they don't have enough tickets for the amount of kids that are going to be here this weekend and even if you don't win on the field be competitive auburn fans need to show up and and show why auburn is the best atmosphere in college football and show why some of these big big names in the state of alabama and from across the country need to come here and can be a part of what could be a really really special rebuild at auburn well, I couldn't agree more. It's very well said. I mean, you know, Auburn fans, let's not do what we did two years ago in 2021 and dump all our tickets and let the dogs take over Jordan Hare. That that can never happen again, no. right? Win, lose, or draw, be a better fan and support this team. And, you know, if we get beat, hang in there and, and leave the stadium. What I'm looking for is at least to leave the stadium saying it's great to be an Auburn Tiger, win, lose, or draw. And I think they're – There has to be that on Saturday. If Auburn wants to have a chance to win, the atmosphere has to be there. And Auburn can feed off of the home crowd. The 88,000-plus has to be there. Again, show the recruits. What do we always say? 
Auburn sells Auburn. That's what recruits want. That's why many recruits pick Auburn over other schools well, is because Auburn's is just, just get, different. Yeah, half the battle is getting them on That's right. campus right That's now. That's exactly and right. That, that, this staff has done a better job than any staff going back to early Tuberville years of getting uh, possible commitments and recruits on campus and yep. their families. Mm-hmm. And they can see that this is a special good place for their children to go where they're going to be safe and be taken care of. That's half the battle. Auburn and Georgia tomorrow, 2.30. Jordan-Hare Stadium, the dogs favored by 14, 14 and a half. What are your final thoughts, picks, and predictions for this game tomorrow, Gatibo? Well, if, if, if I, I have not picked Auburn correctly in its two biggest games, not even close, at Cal, at Texas A&M. So I'm going to hope that I'm wrong this time. I'm going with my head. I think that this game is, again, close at halftime like last week, and then Georgia just opens up because we start making mistakes, and we just have not had anybody on the outside step up and become the playmaker that we need. Dogs 35, Tigers 17. Auburn tomorrow, we've talked about the penalties. We've talked about um, the crowd showing up quarterback i don't care who it is i don't care if Hugh freeze himself puts a helmet on and plays quarterback they have to play better tomorrow receivers have to get open quarterback has to hit them and even if the offensive line can't hang with that front from georgia on the defensive side get the ball out early and guess what do this crazy thing and run the ball run the football and if auburn can yeah, do run that it with a running back instead of with peyton thorne yes run the ball tomorrow Keep the ball out of Georgia's hands. And Carson Beck, who is a good quarterback, he is making his first road start, so maybe you can take advantage of that early on. But Auburn, just got to get out of your own way, man. Get out of your own way. Get the ball out early. Force a couple of turnovers and build some confidence in your starting quarterback, who it will be Peyton Thorne tomorrow. But I think if he has a bad performance again, he's done. He's done. Yeah. He's done. I think you'll see Robbie Ashford start on the road at LSU in two weeks. I mean, if if Peyton Thorne continues to play like he did with a lack of confidence at California, at A&M, I don't think you'd have any other choice. I have Auburn losing tomorrow, 38-13 to Georgia. Should be a good one. I hope it is. Should be a lot of fun. Uncle that T-Bone. sound like a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping I'm wrong, man. Plug everything you got really quickly before we go. Uh, we just appreciate being here. Sense of Green for air that's cool and clean. Check them out. That's Sense of Green HVAC and our good friends over there at the Plaza Lounge in the Plaza Lounge studio. Yep, that's right. We uh, got another weekend. Great football coming up tonight for high school. College tomorrow. Watch some NFL on Sunday. We'll be back here on Monday to recap it all here on ESPN 106.7. Until then, 2-4, to four, right here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.